Hey guys, Riley here. Firstly, I'd like to apologize for the lack of an episode last week. Uh, I've been putting a lot of things into place to gear up for the launch of the Stonehall Sessions website. It required me to refresh the feed, uh, which took it down for a little bit longer than I was expecting. Anyways, that shouldn't really affect us going forward anymore. But episode 32 is upon us, and with it brings Nerve Leak, an artist who I've admired for some time, and whose music I discovered randomly through SoundCloud. Uh... And, you know, for a little over a year, I've been really enthralled with the textures of his EP, Disconnected, which mixes very cold sort of electronics with acoustic guitar and vocal processing that's kind of in the same vein as FK Twigs or James Blake. And the result is sort of a collection of songs, which is much more than the sum of their parts and is, is really, really uh, wholly unique, wholly his own. And talking to Sam was fun, and then it quickly became apparent that we were both just two music nerds who also happened to use Ableton. While I've trimmed it down to just over an hour, the interview itself lasted close to three, uh, and we kind of just meandered into topics such as like the legacy of House of Balloons and how Yeezus is an almost a perfect album, and just you know how cheap rent in Montreal is, and you know maybe someday I'll release the full interview. But uh, until then, please enjoy listening to one of my favorite producers working today talk about his craft. So, episode 32, Nerve Leak. I think you're going to enjoy it.
I heard that and it just like it blew me away because it was like there's sound design elements to this. There's a at the core of these songs are actual like songs that you could play a lot of them without, you know, all the electronics to it. And it, it was just it was incredibly intriguing. And like it, it was one of the few times in my life where I've just been like, oh, this must have been what it was like, you know, buying a record and not hearing it before and then just sort of being blown away by whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. I am, I'm glad you liked it. Um, that EP is quite old now but um but you're definitely right those songs were songs and i think even the track disconnected itself was actually written on an acoustic guitar and then the rest of the music was built around that whereas kind of the way i work now is i completely start with electronics and then i add my voice later on but within all of that is a song and i actually just i'm not sure are you familiar with so far sounds they do like um, intimate shows, you know, people's apartments or studios and stuff. And it's they're in, they're all over the world. But um, essentially, when you play a so far sound show, they uh, they ask you to strip down. Three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I played um, my third so far. But the first two they had a PA, so I did use some electronics. But this one was completely acoustic. <laughs> and so I, I played all of, you know I played new tracks, I played old tracks, um, just me and an acoustic guitar, and it was a little bit threatening and intimidating to 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 be like all right well i i don't have any reverb i don't have any processing i don't have any bass it's just me and my voice but um but that's actually what i was doing before i ever downloaded ableton or anything like that i was playing guitar and singing and and um playing piano so I've actually just gotten a bit lazy and I've just started to depend on the computer so <laughs> it had it had been so long since i'd 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 gone back to just acoustics. So when I did it the other night, I was, I was uh, definitely frightened, but it went over well. But it, it took a lot of practice, you know, because yeah. when when you get so used to having all these effects on your vocals, it's like you kind of forget what you even sound like, you know. Like uh, I can't remember the last time I sung and didn't put layers and layers of compression and reverb and, and sometimes distortion and sometimes pitching and stuff yeah um, so to to hear my voice just clearly is like i'm like this isn't right you know um but <laughs> and so like how long how long were you you know doing acoustic instruments like singing guitar that sort of stuff before doing reverting to the laptop <laughs> reverting to the laptop um I would say the majority of the time I've been playing music I has not been on a laptop. I started playing guitar when I was 13. That became like my religion. I just shut the door and the closed the blinds and I just literally play guitar like uh perpetually and um and then when I was about 17 or 18 I started to sing and uh it didn't come naturally whereas guitar I had you know, I feel like everyone has their instrument that they have the most aptitude on. And when I picked up guitar, it just kind of kind of just fell into my lap. Like I was, you know, playing other musicians songs within like, you know, a few days to a week. Not Nothing complicated, but it was it just clicked with me, guitar. And then same with piano as well. But when I first started singing, I had a, a huge learning curve. And I mean, <laughs> I was really, really bad for a really long time. And uh, there was a lot of people that, you know, basically told me like that I was a guitar player um <laughs> they, you know, a very kind way of being like well you're already good at guitar so maybe you should stop <laughs> but um but with that being said I kept kept singing and, and you know I'm I don't 
I don't consider myself a singer. I'm not going to go out there and say that I'm this amazing singer with an amazing voice. I feel like I have a voice that I've figured out how to use um, to communicate my lyrics. And at times I think it can sound good, but it's not, I don't have like a, an Adele voice or a Beyonce voice. If you did have that sort of Adele voice, if you did have, you know, a Beyonce style sort of like I can sing anything, just give me the key. Would you have started experimenting this much? Because one of the things that I really like about your production is there is a lot of emphasis on the voice and, you know, your voice isn't perfect, but you manipulate it in intriguing ways that like there's sound design elements in it that is more intriguing to the ear, even though it doesn't sound as raw or as uh, sort of perfect as a Max Martin take. It, it's still there's there's an intimacy that you create with the listener. And like, how long did it take for you fooling around with that to really get that like balance of uh, sort of emotional vulnerability and uh, processing? That's a good question. Uh, you know, to answer the first question, I think if I had an Adele or Beyonce voice, I never would have gotten into Ableton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because they were, when I first started singing, it was all that I wanted to be good at. And, um, I was, I was playing up, up to three open mics a week just to get better at singing. And, you know, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. I'm not from Brooklyn. I mean, I live here now, but, um, and I was just playing the local bars whenever they had an open mic or a local cafe and just singing you know covers of other people's songs and original songs just doing everything I could to get better so at that time there was really nothing in the world I wanted more than to be a really good singer-songwriter and I think somewhere along the line I just gave I I don't know if I'd say I gave up I just kind of accepted the voice that I had and I and I'm I'm a, a huge believer that you know talent and hard work are synonymous mm-hmm. and yeah obviously you know like young thug uh has a weird voice he was just born with a weird voice uh he's a crazy rapper and there are going to be certain traits that people are going to be born with that are going to be unique and and sometimes people uh, you know life isn't fair everyone some people get a head start in one one place and you know some people you know get a setback in another place um all across the board and the same goes with music so um, while guitar came naturally to me, singing didn't come naturally to me, but I do believe that with hard work and training and, uh, you know, diligence that you can master an instrument, um, at least your own instrument. But I haven't, uh, I haven't worked that hard lately on becoming a better singer <laughs> because I'm, I'm just using Ableton to make me sound better. But, uh, as far as how I, how long did it take to get that processing down? I mean, I'm not sure if I can give you an exact timetable because even today, you know, I'm still getting better at it, but I did just recently upgrade my microphone. So I don't know if you've heard my most recent track dreams, but, um, I am, in my opinion, the vocals are noticeably brighter sounding because I just, you know, have just the sheer mechanics of a nicer microphone. So I did save up some money and invested in something pretty nice. Um, I'm still recording out of my bedroom, so it's not perfect and I'm still (laughs) producing, you know, with the the limited trial and error knowledge that I have. So again, it's not perfect. But I feel like these days not a lot of music is perfect. You know, it's there's so much music out there being created by people in their bedrooms because it's so easy to to get your music out there and to create stuff now that that even I find myself listening to music that doesn't sound like Max Martin produced. You know, it could sound, you know, even worse. But without refraining too far from the subject, uh I think <laughs> 
when whenever anyways so talking about those open mics whenever i did those open mics i was always like i mean i think i might have even gone as far as not performing if there wasn't reverb so i always had to have an ocean of reverb on my voice partially because i was a huge cigarettes fan and huge radiohead fan and so i was familiar with that sound but also like you know a a bad voice is going to be made sound to sound a little bit better with reverb. Um, and if you're singing completely dry, you have to be really on. And, you know, I was flawed and I still am flawed. Um, so I just naturally gravitated toward reverb. And then as I got more into electronic music, I think I'm trying to think of the exact influences, but definitely James Blake and FK Twigs, their vocal processing really inspired me because um, and it's actually interesting because when I saw Twigs live, she didn't have any v- processing on her vocals except, you know, just the basic reverb that was on the house PA. Oh, really? And uh, Yeah. And her vocals, I saw her a while ago, so I'm sure she's stepped up her game and she's one of my heroes, but her vocals were not very good. They were quite pitchy and they didn't really blend very well. And, and I think that's because her music was built around this massive you know, processing and everything. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I guess I just kind of followed in the same footsteps of like, if I'm going to just throw my voice on here with a little bit of reverb, it's probably not going to sound very good. And it's also not going to match the texture of the music, you know? Um, and, and there's a time and place for a dry voice and there's a time and place for, you know, an unbelievable amount of effects to the point where your voice becomes unrecognizable. (laughs) But, uh, but even today, you know, I'm just, I'm just always experimenting. And, uh, one thing that I I do remember, and I don't want to like get too technical with my language, but uh, oh no no no, we love it here. <laughs> okay, um, I don't really enjoy the uh, timbre of my voice. I guess you could say. Um, so sometimes I feel like my voice sounds like say I'm speaking an A. Sometimes I feel like it sounds like I don't know like a a B or a B flat like my voice is just pitched higher or something and um and I've always felt like I've kind of had like a little bit of a squeakier voice and 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 uh whether for good or for bad um <laughs> I uh I want something that sounds like a exit music by Radiohead like Tom York in the beginning his voice is just so low and brooding and um mm-hmm. and he's a tenor you know it's not even like he's singing low notes but that's just the 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 color of his voice and so one thing that I did to kind of, you know, compensate for my squeaky voice was I uh, and I still do this all the time, but I pretty much always duplicate. So say I sing a take, I duplicate that take and then I pitch it down a fifth or I pitch it down an octave and I just cover it in effects. And I sometimes I'll make it audible so you can hear the harmony. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I'll just destroy it in effects. <laughs> But if but if you were to take that off and then just listen, you would notice a difference. But if you put it on, you can't really tell it's there because it's so wet. But it um, thickens it up a little bit. Exactly. And um, but it's not a harmony, you know, it's because it's it's so drenched that you can't you know, you can't actually make out anything that's happening. And another thing that I do with Ableton, which um, I, I think is really fascinating about their warping feature is um are you familiar with ableton oh yeah that's what i'm using you know every day okay um so one thing that i do is i'll take like uh take a sample of my voice and i do this with other people's voices sometimes but i pretty much do it with my voice and then i'll pitch it down 
I'll, I'll warp it so it stays in the same you know time um i don't want to like you know make it longer mm-hmm. so and i'll pitch it down um like uh maybe a fifth or something and then i'll make it complex warp and i'll consolidate it and then so it's its new new file you know it's not like pitch down a fifth it's just that it's just flat and then i'll pitch it up a fifth and then i'll switch it from complex warp to complex pro and it like turns it so basically what it does is it takes the tonal quality of the pitch down vocal which is kind of ghostly and like you know almost dopey yeah and um and then it pitches it back up to the pitch you were singing it in and so you have that dopey pitch down you know kind of sound in yeah yeah but in the same pitch that you were singing it so it's like matching it it's not a harmony anymore there are going to be some overtones from that harmony but very 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 subtle and so then i'll put that i'll put that under my voice and sometimes i won't even put a lot of reverb on it just a little bit but if you listen to you know i'm trying to think like in the beginning of uh or yeah just if you listen to the first track of that disconnected ep and you listen to some of the vocals in the left and right ears that i've you know panned out to the further spectrum of the stereo field um there are like those kind of vocal samples and they just sound kind of ghostly and kind of you know they just beef everything up a little bit and and so i do a lot of that it's very rare that i just throw my voice straight in um and on dreams um for the whole track there's an several of those layers with that pitching thing that I just talked about. And yeah. then there's also, you know, just straight octave down layers. And, and, uh, I have a new track that's coming out on Monday. Um, and, uh, that one has oh, so many layers, of, <laughs> um, <laughs> just my voice in a pitch that it wasn't originally recorded in. And, um, yeah, it all just kind of comes back down to the fact that like when my voice is isolated, it just, um, it doesn't do it for me. And, and that's not to say that I couldn't figure out a way to make it do it for me. I'm also, I'm just kind of like, I could say I'm lazy, but I, you know, it's a little bit laziness. Like I don't want to put in the effort to doing an amazing vocal take that I'm absolutely happy with, but it's also like, I have fun experimenting with this stuff and, um, and no one is, you know, no one is you know leaving me comments on my tracks like hey you're not as good of a singer as you sound (laughs) (laughs) um so to me uh as long as i can uh sound good and you know figure out a way to put it out then i'm happy and when i play shows you know i'm I'm not using you know a ton of gimmicks or anything and and i feel like the vocals come across pretty well and and that's partially because you're in a room and a room has more body than a dry mic but uh but yeah so that's just some of the things that I do vocally to um, to disguise my squeak. It's funny because like it, all these things that you're like that process you just just described of like bringing that ghost sort of back up with Complex Pro is not something you're going to hear in it. Like it's not the you know, it's not the sort of right way to do something, but it's creating like this great sound for you that, uh, you know, I, I, that's one of the problems with I I will uh, often download little tutorials about like how to make tech house or how to make these sorts of things just because I find like they're the way that they process like kick drums or snares or something like that is maybe something I don't have as much uh, experience in. But, um, you know, all their stuff is very by the book. Like this is how you do it. This is how you're supposed to do it. You always got to do EQ compression or compression EQ and then blah, 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 blah. But uh 
I wonder if that's one of the things that makes your stuff so unique to my ear, at least, is just like, it, you know, that that process is not something you hear ever because you're probably one of, you know, 10 people who are doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess um, my question is, can you give me all of your secrets? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> see how long we talk and how comfortable <laughs> I get. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because... I do feel like when you open up a program or start learning an instrument or something like that without by the book instructions, you can come up with, you know, outside of the box, um, you know, ideas. But with that being said, sometimes the amount of time it takes you to get to them is frustrating. Whereas like, um, you know, I have a friend um, who produces under the moniker Icarus Moth and um, he's, I don't even think he's 21 yet. So he's a few years younger than me and he's uh just a ridiculously clean producer i mean he but he went to school for production and everything and you know he just know he understands music production like he knows what he's doing and and i don't feel that way and (laughs) with that being said he's much younger than me and his music sounds much more crisp than mine um and uh, i mean there's stylistic different differences but uh so there's certain times where you know i'm envious of someone like him who you know knows just exactly what to do and how to make a track sound good and i feel like i know how to make my track sound good um but i don't know how well if if all of a sudden dr dre called me and he was like hey man (laughs) we need you in the studio and and you got to make a beat and you got you know we've got kendrick lamar and you got to make a beat for him like uh and they gave me their tools or like you know they were throwing lingo at me I, i might be you know shrinking and just being like scared <laughs> shitless and, and sucking but uh you know if someone was like hey we sent you this kendrick acapella can you make a beat for it and you know do it in your bedroom at you know on your own time then i can maybe make something good but uh, you know yeah that uh so there's times where i wish that you know i knew more by the book stuff but um but my whole approach to music has been rather intuitive and uh and that's just kind of always the way that I've I've approached you know art and and everything. Uh, you know, there's the there was this idea, and I even have a book by the same title. It's called Perfecting Sound Forever, and there are like these two competing ideals throughout most of recorded history, like most of recorded audio history. Uh, and one was things should sound as as pure and as natural and as as they exist in the real world, and that was like sort of it it, it was championed by Edison initially, where he would just point one microphone at a whole band playing and then record that to wax cylinders. And there were riots the first time that, uh, or not riots, but like there were terrible uh, people walked out of the theater the first time, like a band was amplified over a PA system. They thought thought it was like unnatural. And so there's always been like these two threads. Should things sound as good as possible or should things sound as natural as possible? And I think, you know, that worked up until, you know, uh, maybe 2008, 2009, 2010. And now we're getting into like people who are just they're growing up, you know, with uh, listening to music that maybe they listen to it on uh, like YouTube, at like low quality, like 144p quality or something like that. And the snares always came through like a little bit gritty. And now they're purposely getting that grittiness of that, you know, low quality bandwidth uh, from the snare on the YouTube into their music now and using like embracing that. And so we're getting we're getting sounds that people would have never thought of you know, five, 10 years ago, just because of the way we're, we're taking in music today. I think it's, I think it's super intriguing. And, you know, that was, it was one of the things that I really, uh, I really enjoyed about Disconnected was like, uh, in it, you know, you can tell, 
you know, some of the tracks have a little bit of noise in them, but you don't try and shy away. You don't try and hide it or anything like that. You Sometimes you just lean into it and you make sort of like white noise or pink noise, sort of a, an aspect of the trap that just sort of, uh, you know, washes over you or, and then, you know, you pulled all back for a little bit. And like, what was, what was the process of writing Disconnected? Like, like, did you start off with sort of guitar and vocals or did you take me through that process of writing that a little bit? Um, gladly. Um, real quick, just to comment on something you said earlier, I, I really appreciate uh, that quote um, because when I was growing up, I was like, uh, like I mentioned, I was into shredding. I was also kind of into jam bands growing up. <laughs> and so <laughs> believe it or not, the way my music sounds now was once inspired by jam bands. But I uh, <laughs> listened to a lot of bootleg recordings because jam bands are all about the live shows. And uh, my friend and I, you know, we had this l- long conversation. Would you rather listen to a low quality recording of a good show or like a high quality recording of a bad show? And, uh, you know, we chose a low quality recording of a good show. And I remember I used to listen to these garbage bootleg recordings of some of my favorite like fish shows or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was just obsessed with them. And it didn't matter to me what the audio was because of how good it was. And then, you know, maybe a really high quality, you know, show was available somewhere else, but it wasn't doing it for me the way this one did. Um, and, and I've had favorite songs that only exist on YouTube. And the only way I've gotten to have them on my you know, iPod or my, you know, phone now was to rip it from YouTube, which is like just garbage quality on top yeah. of garbage quality. <laughs> but um so at the end of the day, I think, you know, if it sounds good, it sounds good. I mean, if it feels good, it doesn't matter how it sounds, is what I guess what I'm saying. Um, but uh, it's good to have a marriage of the both, you know, if feeling good and sounding good. But uh, as far as the process of disconnected, like I said, you know, it was it was a while ago and, mm-hmm. and it's my fault for not putting out more music to talk about. But um <laughs> I've got so much stuff that I want to talk about. But, <laughs> no one's heard it yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I wrote that EP so fast. It was like, I think, I think the track that you're talking about with all the noise is Snow Sun. Mm. And that is truly just me sampling wind. Like, it's not <laughs> even, Mike, I truly just sampled wind. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and honestly, thinking back on it, I don't really know why I did it, but I just wanted kind of that like washy wave sound. Um, though some of the re- vocals I recorded on that EP were recorded from my uh, MacBook uh, microphone. So the lowest quality possible. <laughs> um, I did for that EP, a friend lent me a condenser mic. It wasn't a very nice one, but it was nice enough. Much better than a MacBook microphone. But um, but. Yeah, you know, I wrote that EP like two summers ago and uh, it started with the song Snow Sun and that was just me when I had been in this indie rock, kind of like indie post-rock band called Floodwall and uh, and it was probably the most exciting band that I was ever in because the other three musicians were just like remarkably talented and the bands I'd been in before, I was always like the very clear leader. Yeah. But with this band, I was, I mean, I was singing and playing guitar. So I guess I was quote unquote the front man, but I was like not the most talented person in the band, you know, and I wasn't, you know, directing all the ideas. Um, I was, I was a part of a really cool project. But with that being said, you know, we all went to like different colleges and stuff and it just wasn't really a sustainable thing. Like all of us, the bassist lives in Seattle the drummer lives in Baltimore and the guitarist lives in Colorado and I'm in New York. So like it was just uh, not a really sustainable thing. It was a fun college idea, but at the same time it was really cool. So 
I kind of had this huge hope that like that band would do something and um, go somewhere. And we were, you know, we were coming up with songs, but when it kind of fell through the cracks of just being young and life happening, that's when I was like, well, you know, I've been fiddling around on Ableton, making beats and stuff like that. And I wasn't telling anyone. I mean, I put out a couple tracks and, um, but I wasn't, you know, promoting it. I wasn't, Hey, nerve leak is Sam Friedman or anything like that. It was just something on the side. And, uh, and so snow sun, the third song on, on that EP was when I decided I was like, well, you know, I don't really have a reliable band. So I'm just going to see what happens if I record, you know, some vocals and try to throw it on with a beat. And uh, so Snow Sun, if you listen to it, it's kind of like a fragment of a song just split into two sections. And I I didn't finish writing it. I started it on acoustic guitar. You know, it starts with uh, that little jazzy riff and like a few few lines, few melody, vocal melody lines. And uh, and that's it. And so I didn't even finish writing it. I just recorded that and then <laughs> I turned it into a whole song because I was like, well, the first section is going to have the acoustic guitar part. Then the second part is going to be all beats and I'm just going to, you know, spread my voice all throughout. So it was almost like I remixed a unwritten song by myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's how that song was born. And it was really weird and really unconventional. But I was like, you know what? Like, I, I'm I'm so down to experiment and I have nothing to lose. So I, I just like put it on SoundCloud and and um and edm.com they picked it up and posted it on their soundcloud <laughs> so that was pretty cool um it was kind of weird for edm.com but you know it got a positive response um and then the rest of the tracks kind of followed that similar pattern like um alone the opening track i i didn't even write on any instrument it was just i had that kind of beat going and and it's really just like of very few lyrics it was kind of like i was inspired by um you're familiar with everything in its right place the opening track oh, yeah. kid a right yeah. yeah you know like if you look at that on paper i think tom york is singing like four lines but it it's just like this gorgeous like four and a half minute song just by the way that you know they they spread apart his voice and half of the time you hear the voice it's in reverse or covered in effects or weird shit and so that was kind of what I was doing and alone was kind of like that as well, where I just was repeating my voice. Cause again, you know, it's kind of like I say that I'm lazy because I kind of am, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to record a little bit of vocals and then I'm going to get <laughs> to the fun part where I, you know, dick around forever. And that's kind of what I do. And then I realize I have a song and I'm like, well, I don't really feel like changing it. Cause it's, I feel like it's done. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean the closing song on there hurt you which uh, Accelerator liked, which was a big nod for me because I've been you know, a fan of them forever. I didn't even write anything. I truly just made that weird instrumental. And I, I remember I was like getting ready to, I don't think I was a student at the time. I think I was going to my day job. I think I was just getting ready to leave for work. And I turned on my condenser mic and I truly just started singing like kind of like nonsense words that came to mind until <laughs> a clear a clear sen- few sentences came out so because yeah the songs i think is like four lyrics or whatever and uh, again i just did that and it's so funny you should say that and i think i have like one of these realizations almost every episode where like i think like i discovered your music uh so i live up in ottawa canada and like it was in like the middle I was of just in toronto i know i i wish uh, i wish i'd known about that i probably would have come down and seen you uh <laughs> But the, I love Canada. 
it's it's really nice uh in the spring and the fall and sometimes the summer in the winter when i discovered your music it was like a minus 30 degree day out uh celsius uh with the windshield and like it was like we were snowed in and like it, you know we had just gotten like a foot and a half of snow and i just uh i think i heard uh disconnected and just it completed the mood it was just like okay yeah this is exactly what it feels like out there like it's icy there's like these sort of interesting almost like gunmetal beats underneath uh sort of like a delicate nature with the acoustic guitar like it was uh it was it, it was uh it really spoke to me in of that day and i keep returning to it because uh it's just there's so many little moments to these songs which i, I i'm not sure I'm, I'm assuming they're intentional talking to you and you know how much you like kid a which again like is one of my you know probably top five records and just like these little moments where you can tell you just put like a little sprinkle of something extra in that moment to like make it stand out just a little bit and then, you know, let everything return back to it. Like it, it, it seemed like a very handcrafted album. It didn't seem like you were just like, OK, here's the four bar loop and let's uh, let's go with that. Um, but uh, so I, I, I've really appreciated it. But uh, let's let's get into a little bit of how uh, how you're changing, because uh, listening to dreams, it is. It sort of it sounds like a step up in production quality and you were mentioning the mic before like what what are you changing up now that you sort of you're getting a little bit more notice of as nerve leak and things like that um yeah uh well it, uh it's funny that the music that disconnected had s such a uh, synchronistic effect for you in the winter because i made it when it was hot as hell in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I'm always in a wintry mood, so that's probably why. Um, but yeah, so you know, I stepped up the microphone, but um, really, I think I'm, I'm just a more open-minded um, uh, musician, and I just have a lot more experience under my belt. I produce constantly, you know. I'm 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 always making new tracks, and um, and what whether they're you know full completed songs or just like a minute and a half demo. You know, is one thing. I also think I've just uh, come to realize that as much as I love experimental music, you know, like Kid A, mm -hmm. I also really love mainstream music. And 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 the song I'm about to put out is probably less mainstream than Dreams, so it doesn't really sync up with what I'm saying. I guess I just eventually one day started realizing that I didn't want my music to be so reliant on massive amounts of effects and experimentation and just to kind of have the option you know because i made a i made a track yesterday that is just so backwards and weird that i don't even know how anyone could listen to it it's <laughs> so <laughs> odd and I, and I do that all the time where i'm just like you know what i'm in a mood today like i'm just gonna make something like that sounds like metal being thrown into a you know ocean or something and uh in slow motion with weird vocals over top <laughs> um covered in distortion so it's uh the it's all about experimentation but yeah i think i just really wanted to make music that was i guess more clear and easier to decipher and so through that i've just been chipping away each day at um you know my learning curve by producing loads and loads and loads of beats and um and just working on new things because for me the reason why i think i always you know, lean on experimental music or something more lo-fi is just because, I don't know, maybe it is just because of my 
my uh, inability to make something clear because I'm not that good of a producer at the end of the day or I'm not that good of a singer. Um, I feel like the only instrument I'm actually pretty good at is guitar. Um, even though I, I, when I, the only guitar I've ever recorded, I've significantly held back and just played like a couple chords. <laughs> but um, there was a long time, you know, where I was a really dedicated guitarist. And so I actually am proficient in guitar. I can play, you know, guitar well. Uh, that's the only instrument I can say that confidently. The rest of the, everything else, I'm just like holding on by a thread, and I'm and I'm just experimenting and 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 ha- having fun with it. So with with these new songs that you know I'm doing, I'm I'm just trying to get more of a clear message out. Um, and and even if it you know retains its experimental quality, that's fine with me, because um I, you know. But I think if you listen to Kid A or you know something more modern like James Blake mm-hmm. these are experimental musicians who are still making music that can find its way into a massive audience because of its um you know commercial appeal i guess you could say uh, i don't really like using those words necessarily to describe what makes it popular but but and that's kind of what i've been trying to find for myself like where is my selling point i guess not that i'm writing songs with the intention of selling but just trying to hit that I balance be able to be of clear. experimentalism and still connecting with people. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm not phrasing this. Well. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find the right words. Yeah, I, I just want my music to be more clear. I want it to be understood faster. And, and, and I'm not trying to compromise the message. I'm just trying to make it easier for people to, to like when they listen to it for the first time. And, and I, I think it's amazing when you listen to a piece of music and you have to listen to it a few times to really get it and then you fall in love. You know, that's really great and that's really special because there's so much music out there today that's really predictable mm-hmm. and it just kind of takes the fun away from it. So I'm not trying to become, you know, something really predictable and, and easy to replace. I want to, you know, retain some create unique creative aspects. But um, yeah, like with Dreams, I, I think I just wanted to be more direct and and part of that is in the lyrics you know the lyrics are very blunt and i'm not hiding behind anything and i mean that was partially intentional and also just kind of like feeling like tired of tiptoeing around things that i really wanted to say and i think with the newer material that i you know release because i am like itching to get more music out there i'm just trying to do it strategically so um so as not to you know lose any momentum but uh you could argue that i'm losing momentum by taking so long but uh um but with that being said like i'm just trying to be more raw and authentic and if what i say is you know a little bit tongue-in-cheek then then that's good and uh and i want my production to be similar you know where it's just more direct and more to the point and so i think disconnected i really was just having a lot of fun experimenting and all of a sudden i ended up with four songs like that's kind of what (laughs) happened with disconnected i'm not even lying like i made it really quickly it was in like i just did it over the summer and i was just kind of having fun and i probably could have written a whole album out of that i just decided to consolidate it to four songs because i feel like you know new artists who have no real presence or following it's a little bit harder to break through with an album than it is with a you know an ep mm-hmm. i feel like you know pe- people are more willing to be all right you've got an ep i'll listen to it rather than like all right i gotta get through a whole album with someone <laughs> i don't know um just because of the way that we digest music today you know everything is so such everyone has such a short attention span including myself 
But yeah, with these new songs, I just want uh, you kind of made me think when you were talking earlier about how people these days are listening to music. You know, people growing up are listening to lower quality streaming and stuff like that. And and there was a time where whenever I was making stuff, I was really adamant about encouraging people to use headphones, like use headphones when you do it and don't use earbuds. Like, you know, it was all about like use nice headphones because I wanted them to have like the ultimate listening experience. Yeah. But at the same time, it was also revealing the fact that my music just didn't sound good if you were to play <laughs> it through iPhone speakers, you know? And so now I think with my production, whenever I am working on a track, I test it out on my nicest headphones. I test it out on my, you know, iPhone earbuds, whichever one most people have. I test it out on my laptop speakers. I test it out on my phone speakers. I play it, you know, quiet i play it in mono like i play it every which way that i think someone could hear it including the lowest common denominator and i try to make it sound good for that and that was something that i did not used to do and and if you actually listen to the disconnected ep there's some some uh rookie mixing mistakes like i i've since updated them but when i put out snow sun i had the snare inverted in a way where if you played the track in mono it actually did not make sound it was just completely <laughs> gone and <laughs> And I never tested it in mono because I was like, why? That sounds good in my headphones. Yeah. And I had no idea. And then um, and then when I got my first iPhone, I was like, I want I was just listening to music um, as is going through. And that song came on on my iPhone speakers. And um, I think I was like playing with my friend's cat, actually. And I remember it kind of vividly. And I was listening to the song and I wasn't paying attention because I was playing to like, well, you know, p- playing with the cat. And all of a sudden it just like started, you know, in my per- my peripheral, you know, ears or whatever picked up that I there was no snare. And when you <laughs> take a song with like that has a central snare and it's gone, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this? And so I thought that maybe like I had uploaded like a bad recording yeah. onto my phone. Like I just I was like, is this an old take? I don't ever remember exporting this without a snare. And it took me a while to actually realize that it was just that that snare was inverted and it would not make sound in mono. And <laughs> And so, yeah, like there's a lot of mistakes like that. And and, and that's kind of what I've been trying to get past now. I want everything to sound good on an iPhone speaker in mono or, you know, whatever the lowest common denominator is, whatever I think people might be listening it to. Because, you know, Kid A is an experimental album, but it sounds good, you know, on a phone, um, just like phone speakers. And, and if my music is only going to sound good in headphones when it's turned up loud, that's that's not necessarily doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good mix or that it's, you know, good production um, because it's pretty easy to make your music sound good when it's loud in headphones. It's funny. It, it, like going back to what you said about, you know, I might not be the biggest Skrillex fan, but like his music and, you know, EDM, love it or hate it. It kicks on every sort of speaker that you put it over top of. There's no, we as a culture don't listen to like sort of, bad sounding edm music and that's one of the reasons why like i'll tell people when they're first starting off you know go go onto youtube and figure it find a find like an edm kick mixing uh, tutorial because those guys make kicks that come across on phone speakers they come across through earbuds uh they can make 808s ring out you know on 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 speakers that have no they're just like tweeters there's no bass to them whatsoever like these are people who you know they really do take into consideration how how are people listening to my music? I, I want to make it as accessible as possible. 
and it's 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 intriguing to hear you as a a capital a artist uh, like a I, I was full expecting when we started talking today uh, for you to be like, I'd just gotten through a bad breakup and that's where all the lyrics come from. And, you know, I don't really like to talk about it. It's, it's way too special. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I get all my inspiration from newly, uh, newly hashed butterflies and I look into the chrysalis and I see, I see my muse. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all the butterflies in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> that is funny. Well, to be fair, we haven't talked about the lyrics yet, so you, they could come from butterflies. You don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think at the the at the end of the day, I, I'm just a listener and a fan of music. You know, I really hope that music, you know, can I just continue to get better at music and that I continue to be able to share my music with more and more people. And that, you know, is my, you know goal in life and you know i feel like it's like my purpose and what i you know i'm driven to do every day but with that being said i'm i'm just an enormous music fan and i listen to music all day long you know i have a million albums i i I, i'm constantly reading music reviews of other you know albums like um i'm all i follow a million music blogs like i'm i'm just obsessed with music you know there's a lot of artists out there who don't listen to a lot of music but are brilliant artists or um you know i'm gonna bring up young thug again like he he only listens to his own music and <laughs> and it's interesting you know i'm sure like on occasion he'll listen to other stuff but if you really like like talk to him in interviews the only influence he ever really will ever cite is like little wayne but he's just in it people always talk about how he just drives around in his car and just listens to his own music and and i have a friend in a band back home called my darling fury and they're really talented and the lead singer who's um just a phenomenal vocalist and songwriter an incredibly creative guy he um when he and i talk he's always like yeah i really just don't listen to that much music but when he writes music you're like god damn like you're, <laughs> you're a genius you know um but for me i uh i i'm just incessantly listening to music and and that's kind of where i think it comes from is just like my my desire to to make it sound as good as possible and and the more that I've taken on the role of a producer, the more that I've thought about those things. And and even though when I perform, I'm singing and I'm playing guitar and, uh, you know, I'm talking to the crowd and, you know, I'm doing your typical like frontman artist guy stuff. Like I'm I'm totally like a, a, a geek, at, you know, behind the scenes, like who just wants to like, you know, produce and play with sounds and listen to like weird sound design and stuff like that. And, and I listen to you know, like 30 minute mixes by Arca of like, you know, just the weirdest sounds on earth. Some of them hurt your ears even. And, I, and I'm like, purely, I'm just truly fascinated. You know, I'm not like the kind of, I'm not the kind of person where I'm just obsessed with experimental music, you know, or I'm not the kind of person where I'm just obsessed with uh, commercial music. Like I like all of it. And, um, and, and that's where I think I weave in between the two. And as far as being, you know, this, artsy fartsy person or whatever i wish I, I i had that cool you know cool you know way about me but you know i'm just another you know person who's obsessed with you know getting the perfect mix um and, I, and i'll sit sit for hours and hours and days and days and sometimes months just until i get a mix that just sounds perfect and everything cuts through right and and then of course you know those mixes that you abandon and you just say you know what i this is gonna kill me and it's done <laughs> and I know it's not perfect, but whatever. But, but yeah, um, that's, uh, 
the the writing world and the production world are two completely different places for me do you have to separate those do you have to make sure like this is a time to sort of craft the song and then there's a time to make the sounds around that or like can you do that both at once um so i can definitely do both at once i'm not a very organized person um so to me i'm just like whenever i feel like doing something i'm just like oh well, i'll do it now um as far as creative time but uh i like producing more than i like writing um, that's for sure. Like I have fun making beats and stuff like that and writing lyrics and all that stuff can, can be exhausting. And, uh, there are times where it's fun, but there's just a lot more vulnerability to it. And it's a lot, I feel like it's a little bit more abstract, you know, like when you write like a batch of lyrics, it's hard to tell if people will like them, you know, it's harder. It's more, you're, I feel more vulnerable, but when I make a beat, I can, I can usually tell I'm like, this would be a good rap beat, (laughs) you know, like I think like rappers would like this, you know, I'm I'm more like I can recognize this and I know. And that might just be because I'm, you know, not a dedicated writer like I am a dedicated producer. But but as far as writing lyrics go, you know, I don't write often when I do. I'm like grateful that I did write, you know, I'm like, oh, thank God I've got some fucking words. Like so a lot of times when I pair words with music, they're not they're not always correlated like. I've got a ton of lyrics on my phone and a ton of lyrics on my laptop. And a lot of times when I write music, uh, I mean, this is how dreams was written. Um, I just take, it's almost like, you know, just, it's like a puzzle. Like I've got uh, tons and tons of beats on my laptop, tons and tons of lyrics on my laptop. And, uh, and I just go into my practice space and sometimes I'll do it in my apartment, but usually my practice is space and I'll just try to find ones that work together. And lyrics, like 99% of the time, they change when I uh, put them to music, you know, whatever I wrote, you know, it like the sentence won't fit into the melody or something. So I'll have to tweak it. But a lot of times it's just like, you know, making a collage of um, old ideas. But with that being said, there there are elements of spontaneity. Like, so dreams was written in that kind of collage way Mm -hmm. but at the same time it was also a part of the lyrics and kind of what initially sparked it i guess was uh was me just singing on the spot but i filled in the blanks with some stuff that had already been written but i was really just like the opening lines like i don't want to love you i can't handle the stress um I, I, I just want to fuck you and fuck the rest, you know, pretty blunt line. But I mean, I was just truly feeling that way, like 100%. And I was like, this is kind of like a shitty thing to say <laughs> and kind of comes off as shallow, but I would never actually say it to someone. And, you know, but I think a lot of people feel this way and I'm just going to sing it and see how it comes off. Damn. And it was just kind of an experiment. And then it worked from there and I just kind of filled in the rest. Um, but and yeah, and the song I'm about to put out, Moon Pools, I wrote those lyrics on a completely different in a completely different headspace than when I made the beat. I never, you know, was thinking this these lyrics are gonna be for this beat or this beat's gonna be for those lyrics. I just was like I just went into my practice space one day and I like had the lyrics on my phone and the beat was on repeat and I had a you know, my microphone hooked up and I was like, I'm just gonna start finding lyrics to see if they work and and that's kinda how that one came about. But as far as separating the two 
I feel like because, you know, I'm not a full-time musician and, you know, I do have, you know, jobs that don't, you know, involve me making music. Uh, I'm, and I'm on the go a lot. And, you know, I live in you know New York City, so it's like expensive and you got to hustle. Um, uh, I don't have, you know, the luxury to kind of like devote, you know, writing sessions or stuff like that. Um, or like sit down all day and like come up with an idea. I kind of just have to write when I'm on the go. So a lot of times I write lyrics, you know, if I'm on the train, um, or, you know, at work or whatever. And then, you know, beats will come in the morning before, you know, I leave the house or stuff like that. And then there are days like, you know, like usually Saturday and Sunday, you know, I'm like, I'm really devoting, you know, my time to making music, but, but it all just kind of comes and goes. So, you know, I never really think about separating the two. It's just like, whenever I get a free minute, you know, I'm, I'm usually, trying to turn back to music but there are i do end up on instagram a lot just <laughs> looking at memes <laughs> but that's uh don't we all yeah i mean it's so easy uh yeah. i think too easy how do you choose sort of uh, the palette or what textures are going to go into your sound because you do uh, the sounds that you do work with are you you know you experiment and you push as far as possible uh but also you seem to you you limit yourself to sort of these are the sounds that are going to be in this song like you don't bring in a whole bunch of oh here's a sousaphone and here's you know an 808 and here's you know like it's not it does it sounds very curated how how do you how do you decide what is the nerve leak sound um well the nerve leak sound i feel like is going to keep changing um because before the disconnected ep i've since taken these songs down from my SoundCloud, but uh, before the disconnected EP, I was just like an ambient producer, and um, and this was when I wasn't telling anyone about Nerve Lake. It was a secret, you know. It was just like my own little thing. But I was promoting it um, in weird ways. Like I released a track on uh, a little Italian label called Band- Bad Panda Records, and uh, I released another track off this uh, label in Germany called Warminal Records, and this was without anyone knowing that my name was Sam Friedman or me telling any <laughs> of my friends, really. I think I might have told, like, two or three close friends who, you know, are, you know, supportive of my music. But uh, when I was doing that, I was making, you know, ambient music. And if I, if there was a beat, it was, like, a burial-style beat, like, kind of just, like, a little shuffle that was in the background. Oh, yeah. Um, And then when I made the Disconnected EP, you know, that was kind of, like, my take on, like, indie electronic, you know, experimental and then dreams and my new song Moonpools and stuff is a little bit more like um in like ex- experimental pop you know there's more of like a trap element to it and uh and so i think it's just going to keep evolving and a lot of the beats i'm making now are very heavily influenced by hip hop so i think eventually i'm going to start trying to shop my beats to rappers um whether i you know give them to a rapper or a rapper hops onto one of my tracks because hip hop is pretty much the dominant genre that I listen to. Yeah. I'd say like 80 to 90% of the music I listen to these days is hip hop. And, and it's just, I mean, I, I go through phases. I don't know what it'll be in two years, but, um, but with that being said, as far as what I choose to make the nerve league sound, you know, it is always evolving, but I think it just kind of comes down to the fact that like when I start making a song, I'm just so, I'm, this is going to be kind of abstract, but I'm, I'm so grateful to be coming up with a song because to me like there's it's kind of like you know like writer's block will like you know make you go insane so on the other hand of that when you write music you're like ecstatic you know you're so excited because you're like oh i'm getting out shit i'm producing work this is so exciting like 
the opposite of writer's block is kind of what I feel when I'm making music. So I kind of have this like rush of excitement and like gratitude almost that I'm like, oh, I've got an idea laid out here. Like this sounds like a song. And so I think I just, I kind of try to trust in that. And I don't, I don't want to tinker too much with that burst of inspiration. And so if I am working with like a drum rack that's in there, I might not add, you know, new samples to it or, I'll try to just kind of write around the idea that came out that I like and and just complete that. And so it's also, I think, because I'm doing everything by myself, you know, I don't have, I'm not, no one's co-producing this. No one's, you know, helping me record. No one's lending any ideas other than, you know, my friends giving me friendly feedback. But none of my friends who give me feedback are really musicians. Um, they know like some basic stuff. But I don't have anyone with like a, you know, roster of production knowledge who's giving me insight. Yeah. Like I've got a few friends who are producers, but I don't send them stuff until it's like toward the end. Um, and then they will give me some basic like cleanup ideas. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of like working with what comes out. And, and I'm I'm just like I, when I get inspired, I just try to finish an idea. And, and then and then from that, once I've finished, you know, a three or four minute song that's it usually takes a long time for it to come out like the song i'm about to release moon pools i actually it's kind of funny because i'm getting to put it out on the 12th and i remember on 9 11 of last year the reason why i remember it being 9 11 because obviously a very memorable date but i had <laughs> just finished the song and i put it on my phone and i went down to the williamsburg waterfront and in new york went on um 9-11 they shoot the uh the lights up into the sky where the two towers were so like um like the infinity lights oh yeah it's like it's it's like a gorgeous it's gorgeous and i remember taking the song like i just finished writing it i had recorded it and everything and i mean i didn't keep those vocals and i took it down there and those lights were there so and i'm getting ready to release on the 12th so a year (laughs) later (laughs) after it was written um, just because, you know, I fiddled around with it forever and, and, and I wrote dreams in that time period and put out dreams, you know, dreams was like a short lived track. So I don't like, you know, spend a bunch of times. I don't spend forever on every track, but, um, but yeah, you know, I just, I come up with an idea and then if I like it, then I just kind of work with it and I try to try to nurture it and, and, um, bring it to the point where it can, you know, live on its own and, and I can walk away. And and I think the reason why Moon Pools probably took a while is because it is an experimental kind of sounding track and the production is kind of weird and left of center. So it, it took me a long time to figure out how to make it all sound proper. But um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. I hope I did. No, yeah, that's <laughs> but, great. That's uh, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's really cool to uh, listen to someone who has so much passion for music who also, you know, makes it themselves uh, because... It, it, you know, you're you're not afraid to wear your influences on your sleeve, but you're also always constantly discovering new things, trying to add different elements to it. And that's uh, that, I, I think that's that's really cool. Um, are there events coming up? This will be coming out on Friday. Is there stuff that you want to promote coming up? Yeah, definitely. I have a new single dropping on Monday, September 12th. It's going to be premiered by Bullet Magazine. And uh, it is called Moon Pools. And uh, definitely check it out. And I have uh, I have some gigs in New York coming up. They're not until next month. But if you're in the area, throw me a like on Facebook and uh, or Twitter and, and follow along because I'll be posting about them soon. 
But uh, yeah, the new song is called Moon Pools, and that's uh, P-U-L-L-S, like you're being pulled by the moon, not like a moon pool that you can swim in related to a moon. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the new Radiohead album, A Moon Shaped Pool. How, how, but, uh, how did you feel about that, the latest one? You know, I, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised because I wasn't too crazy about King of Limbs or Tom York's most recent album, Tomorrow's Modern Boxes. So when I heard uh, A Moonshaped Pool, you know, it, I was my expectations were a little bit low. And Radiohead's like my favorite band ever. But yeah. at some point, you know, you can only make so many genius albums. And I was I was ready to be like, you know what? Radiohead have given enough. They don't have to make another good album. So whatever comes out is what comes out but my expectations weren't that high but uh, i was pleasantly surprised i think daydreaming off that album is as good as anything they've ever written their entire career um the rest of the album i don't feel that way but i do feel like it's good but daydreaming is definitely probably i don't know i'd say it's top contender for my favorite song of the year by far dang and your own song's coming out next week <laughs> oh, yeah, my my own music is not my favorite, <laughs> not, not at all. I'm very insecure about my music, but um, but but yeah, Moon Pools. It's uh, it's it follows in similar footsteps as my last song, Dreams, in terms of having you know the trap beats and the hip hop pro- uh, kind of influence production, but uh, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more raw and I think direct, and it's a little colder. I would say if dreams, you know, had some color, I would say that moon pools is definitely black and white. It's very monochromatic. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm, and I'm just, uh, I think I'm singing in a way that, you know, I've never sung before. It's kind of like spoken word on the first verse. And then the second verse is I, I start screaming at one point. So, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how people react. And, um, and I think if you're a fan of, you know, the nerve leak stuff from before, you, there's plenty that you'll be able to find in this new track to still be a fan, but um, but uh, it's it's different. And as far as what's coming up, I wish I had an album release date or something like that. But <laughs> I'm uh, know that I am sitting on a shitload of songs that could come out that I want to come out soon, and uh, it's just about you know figuring out the right right release strategy and the right way to put them all together because i want to i want to be patient and i want it to be really good so all right so we've got one question that we ask everybody who comes on the podcast just sort of decide if they're like a real artist or if they've sort of uh i don't know pulled the pulled the wool over my eyes and gotten on this uh gotten on this show uh and and it is it it's fairly simple and it's fairly direct and that is uh because the whole world sort of falls into two camps, and it is uh, which which um, former frontman of Genesis has had more of an influence on you, Peter Gabriel or Phil Collins? You're gonna hate my answer because I never really listened to that <laughs> band. Um, <laughs> but uh, if I had to guess, I would say Phil Collins because my uh, one of my professors in school was. Uh, went on tour with him and he talked about it all the time and phil collins from what i know is a cool person so i'll say that but uh unfortunately i mean i never went through that phase ah oh, dang all right um uh, i need to but, uh, if you ask you could ask about pink floyd though roger waters or david gilmore you know well who would be who'd be who'd be or but but you could also add sid in there as well 
True, you could add Sid. Sid was a very, very creative dude. A little bit weird, but <laughs> very creative. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, I saw Roger Waters live actually when I was, uh, I think I was like 13, and I was like just getting guitar into guitar, and it was like the coolest thing in the world to me. Um, but you know, Roger Waters was was the mastermind. But I I think you got to hand it to David Gilmore for just having one of the most beautiful approaches to playing guitar. I mean, he, he was, he, his solos are legendary. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was I mean, Roger Waters was writing good songs, but one of my favorite moments, I think for Christmas one year, I got a, like a, the wall live or something like that. And it was a, it's Roger Waters thing. And it was like a huge, big affair. I think maybe they were doing it in Berlin, like the year after uh, the Berlin wall had come down or something like that. And so, like, Van Morrison is in the background singing, like, a whole bunch of different guest stars. Everybody's coming out. But to do uh, to do the infamous uh, guitar solo on the wall, uh, you know, David Gilmore was able to do it by himself. But uh, it, on this version, they had two guys doing the two distinct parts of it. And so I, I always felt good about that. I was like, yeah, Gilmore, you know, Gilmore could have done it, but he needed to hire oh, yeah. two guys to do it. That's because Gilmore had so much delay. It sounded like two guitars. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no. I uh man, I wish I I wish I have had the opportunity to see David Gilmore. Um I don't know if he's still tours, but he uh, you know, man, he's just an unbelievable guitar player and I think the music of Pink Floyd is so groundbreaking. I mean, it's not something that I listen to on my day-to-day basis, but it is completely shaped who I am. You know, Animals and Wish You Were Here, those two albums were just so those were really what I got into when I first started making music. So that kind of like, you know, just cleared the pathway for everything that's come. And I think that's why I have such a love for reverb and, you know, experimental music and, and that kind of like just left field approach to still making songs, you know, they're still making songs, yeah. but they're surrounded by a lot of cool music. That's, you know, weird and trippy. Um, so I, I, I got to give him credit for, for, being one of the best bands of all time.
Give me, give me, baby, I don't know what I'm doing. 